There is no secret recipe that's out there. So the best way to prove your expertise is to, to share the expertise, share the process. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the CEO and founder of Keystone Click, Lori Hybe. Lori explains how networking and creating content are the bedrock of a consulting business. Stay with us to hear all the details. I know how important relationships are to our success. That's why the camaraderie of supportive collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com slash community. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash community. Now let's welcome Lori Hybe. Lori is a podcast host, speaker, educator, and founder of Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency. Using her vast multi-industry knowledge gained from experience and education, Lori has the ability to see the potential of greatness within the already established good of a business. Through strategic, actionable moves, she has worked with Fortune 500 companies such as ABB and Syngenta to micro-business owners to achieve their marketing goals. Lori carries her energy and drive into her professional engagements in order to empower and educate other fellow lifelong learners. Lori is also an expert in networking. Lori, welcome to the show. David, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. So I love the way your, your bio is crafted with the expert networking sort of slipped in at the end. And actually, <laughs> it's something you and I said we were going to talk about on this episode in particular. And we know that networking is really important for business owners. I mean, it's one of the things I learned very early on in my, my tenure as an entrepreneur, that networking is really critical. For me, it's been one of the keys to my success. So I just want to start off by asking you, how did you become an expert in networking? <laughs> well, the the expert part, you know, I, I don't know who threw that in there, but I've just... That was me. <laughs> well, thank you. I've just been in the networking game basically as long as I can remember. When I started my business, I literally sent a message to every single person on this planet that I had some form of contact to, an email address, a direct, you know, direct mail pieces, a phone number. And I said, hey, I know you. This is what I'm doing. If you know anyone that's interested, let's connect. And that's how I got my first three clients. But networking is something my dad taught me from, from day one. And when I was growing up, there was always a joke that we would call him Mafia Joe because he always had a way and he always knew someone to get whatever it was needed to be done in our house growing up, you know, pouring in the, the um, patio in our backyard, painting our house, whatever. He always knew somebody to get something done. And I just learned how... Building relationships allowed you to find a way to, to get the things needed that you need to get done, but also as a way for you to be a resource to somebody else. And something that I've always been a big advocate of is diversifying those connections and the resources, not just for my own self, but so that I can be a resource to others. So oftentimes 
I'm kind of the, I refer to this as the hub and spoke when it comes to relationships. I'm the hub. I'm the go-to for a lot of um, individuals. And the question is, hey, Lori, do you know anyone that does X? And I more times than not say, absolutely. And here's, you know, two, three or four people I'd recommend you have a conversation with. So I'm being a resource and I love that. And I've got a number of trusted individuals in my circle because I give to them and oftentimes I, I see the reciprocation. And like you said, that's that's a lot of how I've grown my business over the years. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that you had the wherewithal to send the message to everybody you thought you had some kind of connection to when you started your business and mm-hmm. said, this is what I'm up to. Who do you know who? And let's connect. A lot of people are afraid to do that. I mean, I actually sent it to like ex-boyfriends and, <laughs> you know, and past past instructors and teachers that I had. I mean, literally every, if they were in my phone book on some level, they got a message from me. But that's, like I said, that's how I got my first three clients. And, you know, I had some people that said, I, I got this letter from you two years ago and I held on to it because I knew one day I'd need it. So more times than not, a lot of my business comes from referrals right now, which is fantastic because people like to do business with people they know, like, and trust. Yeah, that is true. What do you think many consultants do incorrectly when it comes to networking? What I've observed is more times than not, they're going straight for the sales pitch instead of trying to build that rapport and really finding how they can connect with someone. So you mentioned I have a podcast. I host a podcast called Social Capital, and the topic is all about networking. I've got over 300 episodes that I've interviewed people, professionals globally on this topic, and I've come to create my three golden rules of networking. And I think a lot of people miss these opportunities. So first and foremost is to be authentic and be yourself. And I would say in the consulting world, don't try to be something that you're not. Ultimately, if you're going to be yourself, you're going to attract the type of people that you want to be working with. If you're being your authentic self and they are going to respect you for who you are. Rule number two is to give first. And as I mentioned, a lot of times I see, especially individuals that are very new to the coaching consulting space, or, you know, someone was in corporate for many years and then they're going on in their own is they're going right for the sales pitch right away. But no, you have to you have to give first. You have to establish that trust like we talked about. And the final thing is to follow through. If you if you tell someone you're going to do something for them, you have to make sure you do it. If, if someone says, hey, I, I'm going out of town. I need someone to watch my dog this week. And you say, I know someone that can do that, regardless if it's going to be you know something to help you out or not, you have to follow through and, and share that information because that's that first step of of establishing the trust and really showing what it's like to work with you. So my three rules, again, of networking are be authentic, be yourself, give first, and and do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, it seems to me if I had to characterize them, I would would describe being yourself and giving first as being kind of a a mindset, Mm -hmm. right? You need to be in the right frame of mind when you interact with people. Sure. And following through to me is, is more of a process thing. It's like a, like a, you know, you need a a solid process to ensure that you actually will follow through. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to know what process you use to make sure you follow through. Cause that, that's a challenge for a lot of people. (laughs) I'm not a hundred percent perfect at that (laughs) yet. 
But what I do try to do is after I have a meeting with someone on the calendar, I, I put a little uh, 15-minute block of time post-meeting so that at the very least, if I can do it quickly, I'll just do it right away. If it's like, I'm going to make an email introduction to someone, you know, that should take me three minutes. Or I use that time to schedule when I'm going to actually do the next things um, that I promise to do. So at least it's still top of mind and I can either put it on my calendar to do it at another time or it's getting done immediately. So how do you avoid scheduling networking conversations back to back if if you know you need that 15 minute time for the follow up? Well, let's say just COVID threw a big old wrench in my old plan <laughs> where it's so easy to do the Zoom calls back to back now. I take a lot of notes. I said I would say the positive is if I do have that back to back right now because of the virtual meeting and connecting, I'll, all of my notes are typed into OneNote. So it's really easy for me to look back at my meeting notes um, at the end of the day and then make sure I'm either scheduling or, or acting on those deliverables. But also at the same time during a Zoom call, and you might cringe if I say this, but I am really good at multitasking during those kind of calls. So if I say I'm going to make an introduction to some people, I'll just do it as I'm having the conversation with someone. Yeah, that's actually, I think, an important strategy that many people miss is not only the follow through, but the the technique of the follow through. So mm-hmm. I think most people have the intent of the follow through. I know that when I interact with other people and I'm also working on these relationships, I find that some people say they're going to follow through and they don't, mm-hmm. including, you know, I may offer somebody an opportunity to be a guest on an upcoming show and they say they want to do it. And I'm basically giving them a, a platform to talk about themselves for half an hour. And I'm surprised when people don't actually follow through and complete the booking form, but it does happen. Yep. I'm sure you find the same thing. Oh, I, I do, actually. And I've leveraged. Um, so the, the other world that I'm a big uh, advocate and expert in is the marketing space. So I leverage marketing automation to help with those types of tasks to help someone else actually complete it. So I found, at least in my scheduling my podcast, someone needs three nudges before they actually do it. And it's just a weird number. I don't know why. But once I get that third email, I see people actually do the homework assignment that I gave them to do. So I know I was a little guilty for not completing my my homework assignments for you today, but you did really good with the emails I received as reminders. So thank you for that. Oh, good. Good. Good to know. What's the intersection between your networking skills and your business? Fantastic question. And I get that asked quite a bit when it comes to like my podcast. Why did I start a podcast on networking when my business is digital marketing? But at the end of the day, you know, marketing is all about your brand and more times than not, you know, it's personal branding or even if you're selling or any sort of um, anything related to marketing, it's about how you position something. And more times than not, people are liking, they want to do business with people that they like B2B, B2C. We work heavily in the B2B space and it's, you know, that salesperson that, that you're establishing trust with is another human being. And you start that oftentimes by creating that relationship. And that's what networking is all about. It's 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 building your brand awareness. It's creating the potential opportunities and connecting with new people and then nurturing that, that relationship or nurturing that opportunity. So I think there's a strong correlation when it comes to building your network and building your sales pipeline. Yeah. Do you find that after you've been networking for many years that you kind of get tapped out in terms of being able to connect with new people? 
I know there's some studies about how many people one can actually have a real relationship with, like people that have 30,000 followers on LinkedIn or 30,000 you know, first connections on LinkedIn, which is, I think, the maximum you can have. It's like, mm-hmm. I can't remember anything about 30,000 individuals. You know, if I'm, if I'm connected with a few hundred and I remember something about them personally, I'm probably doing pretty well. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, the way that I look at it is you kind of have your your inner circle. We've all heard that phrase, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I, I try to really pay close attention to that. And I always try to put myself in the room where I'm the least smartest individual in the room. So I have a ton of people to learn from and aspire to to be and and to just kind of soak up as much energy and resources and knowledge from them while also giving as much as I possibly can because my experiences provide a different perspective than these other super uh, smart individuals do as well. So that's, you know, this your inner circle. And then you kind of have this a little bit broader circle network. And I would say that's more your your regional contacts. And, and that could be professional and personal. And then you just have your your mega, you know, global network. So I think your network can be a variety of, of sizes, but you have to really understand and I know a lot of people use this language in like the financial industry, which is your your COIs or your center of influences. And that kind of aligns with that hub and spoke strategy. So really knowing who those hubs are, the people that are going to be the ones referring you or those are the ones you want to be nurturing those relationships with. So don't worry so much about that outer global circle or the spokes. You know, there's a lot of different ways to, to say that, but focus on the hubs. And like I said, the the people that you know, the five people that you're surrounding yourself with the most. And I think that's really important. And the other comment on LinkedIn, and I'm sure you've been experienced this with your podcast too, is you're pushing amazing content out there on whatever channel it is. And that is part of networking. It's it's giving. You're giving a valuable information and being a resource to your audience. So you're establishing that trust. And I think that is part of, of nurturing your network by providing them information. Yeah, that makes sense. Lori, tell me a little bit about the strategic actionable moves that have led you to be able to work with Fortune 500 companies and micro businesses simultaneously. Because a lot of people will tap into like their ideal client typically is either a Fortune 500 company or it's a small business. It's not usually both. Sure. Um, One of the things I'm a huge advocate of is education. I just love teaching others whatever it is that I I know or I've learned or I've experienced. And because of that, and I haven't necessarily siloed who I'm teaching to, that's opened up the doors to to work with this vast um, group of of experts and and resources. So from a strategic standpoint, it's, it's Regardless of the size of your business, I mean, all businesses have the same challenges. It's just the scale of the challenge itself. So, you know, the, the strategy that we take in, it doesn't really change much, regard, you know, depending on the size of the business. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about your business. Like, what's the typical problem that your clients face when they come in the door? They can't get found. People don't know why they're not getting found online or why they aren't getting the types of clients that they want to work with. And you have to start thinking more like your ideal customer. And I'm sure we've all heard this numerous times, but there's a lot of truth in really understanding how what's going on in their head. What pains do they have? Because that person is not searching on Google or on their social platforms 
for the name of your business to solve their problem, they're searching based on the challenge or the problem that they're facing. And once businesses get out of that mindset and start thinking, what are the problems that my customers have? And then start positioning themselves from that perspective instead of these are the solutions that I can provide. That's when they're going to start to get found. Right. And is this only when it comes to getting found online? Well, I think just in, in general, even in the networking world, you know, it's again, building that, that trust. So if I'm having a conversation with uh, David, if you're having a conversation with someone and they say, you know what, my website is terrible. Who do you know that would be a good resource for that? Well, you and I are having a conversation right now and you say, Hey, I just had this great podcast interview with Lori from Keystone Click and they're awesome at website. So it's the same thing, but it's letting people know that this is the problem that we solve ultimately. Right, right. So tell me, go into a little greater depth about the problem that you solve, how people find you, and how it all works with your business. Yeah. So we help our clients build brand awareness and generate leads online. And we do that by conducting research first on behalf of our client's customer. We help our clients better understand their customer. What is that problem that the customer is actually saying they have? So we, we interview the customers because I often find clients make assumptions on what they think the clients are searching for. But having that, doing that um, research and understanding how they're actually speaking about it in their language is extremely beneficial. We'll do some competitive analysis and really collect a ton of data and insights to build a strategic plan that says, this is the message you need to say. This is where you need to say it, the frequently you need to say it in order to create the awareness that you're seeking to ultimately grab the attention of your ideal customer so that they come knocking on your door saying, I have this problem and I know you're the one to solve it. Mm -hmm. So what, what language does your customer use when they say they have a problem? They're not getting found. Yep. So they're not getting found. I hear a lot, our website doesn't, we don't get any business from our website or they want to, you know, they're not getting found in search engines. And a lot of times I find people will come to us for very random things. So recently we had someone coming to us because they want us to produce a video that lives on their, their website. And why do you want a video on your website? Well, it's going to help us get more leads. Okay. So is video the right solution to actually help you get more leads? And we just kind of peeled that onion a little bit because more times than not all the time, but I hear people coming with, they think what the answer is, and they're just looking for someone to solve that piece of it. Hey, can you help me produce this video where the bigger picture challenge is we need more leads for our business. So it's not just the little, it's not the little thing. It's, you know, peeling back the onion and saying, what is the bigger business challenge that you're facing right now? Yeah. So I have a question actually about consultants and websites, sure. which is, for a consultant where 95 plus percent of the business is coming from referrals, how can a website help that consultant's business? Well, we all love referrals and that does take a lot of time to continue to build those networks to continue to get referrals. And, and I'm a huge advocate of it, obviously, as a networker. But one of the things that I can tell you, leveraging social media is great, but you should use social media to showcase your expertise as a tool to drive the traffic to your website. If you're posting your content on social media and only social media as a means to create awareness about your brand, you're at a huge risk, actually. I mean, you own your website. You do not own LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter. I don't, at least. I mean, I don't know about you, David, but I don't know. I don't own those channels. So whatever 
copy or content or creative that you're publishing on those sites, you, I mean, you're putting it out in their world and they can do whatever they want with it. They can, you know, Facebook went down for a day and everyone freaked out right away. LinkedIn can decide that you have to start paying to use the channel regardless of, of what you're doing. I mean, these we, those channels could do whatever they want. And they also have their algorithms about who sees your content. Yes, they have algorithms. They can decide that, you know, they're going to sell to another company and then everything changes, you know, or there's going to be a new platform that's going to take over and you invested all your time and energy into one. So your goal really should be to drive people to your website and then you capture their information and you ultimately want to capture it in the form of the email address. And I know that a lot of people are not comfortable doing that nowadays because we feel that it's um, used as used and abused. But ultimately, the size of your email list actually can be a huge component with regards to the overall value of your business. If you're looking for some sort of an exit or acquisition down the road, but the size of your email list and it's that size of the qualified or, or quality of that list is so impactful because it says that these are people that are raising their hand saying they want to hear from you, but driving them to your website. You own your email list, you own your website. You want to leverage, you want to post your own original content. That's where blogging is so important. Now, if you've got referrals, if I refer someone to you more times than not, they're going to take a look at your website and do a little bit of homework on you. And you want to make sure that that website is answering the questions that they have and validating that that referral was a legit good referral for them. So your website is going to be important. You may not get that direct. They filled out my form, you know, but it's that, that direct attribution that says my website brought me this lead, but it's going to be a supporting factor in that lead. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Lori, is there anything else that you want to share that I haven't asked you that would be helpful to consultants in particular with regard to digital marketing, content creation, getting found online, networking, or or any other topic that we either have or haven't discussed yet? <laughs> <laughs> I could talk for hours, but I know we got a limited schedule here. You know, the one thing I always like to say, and I think this is really important for for consultants especially, is that there is no secret recipe that's out there. So the best way to prove your expertise is to to share the expertise, share the process. I mean, I, I like to use the analogy of I love to cook. I love watching cooking shows. You know, Dave Ramsey and, and his steaks are just phenomenal. But you know what? I I went to Dave Ramsey's restaurant in Vegas and I paid the money for him to make the steak for me. So, um, or someone in his, <laughs> his restaurant, I don't know if it was really him, but you, you get the idea is I've watched the cooking shows. I know how he does it. I still paid for someone else to get it done. And that's the same thing in any line of business. You want to, you're showing that you know how to do it. So don't be afraid to share that information online. That is well said. Laurie, we've covered a lot of territory. We started with networking. We talked a lot about getting found. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed or access any of the resources you have that share your expertise, where would they go? I'd say LinkedIn is a fantastic place to find me. I post fairly frequently, almost daily. And I I practice what I preach right here. Everything that I share on that channel is going to be value add to you and help educate you. Otherwise, feel free to check me out, keystoneclick.com or lorihybe.com. 
Lori, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest has been the CEO and founder of Keystone Click, Lori Hybe. Thank you again, Lori, for joining us. Thank you. This is great. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Lori Hybe, she explains how networking and creating content are the bedrock of a consulting business. I know how important relationships are to our success. That's why the camaraderie of supportive collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com slash community. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash community. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.